This is the Real Talk University podcast, where your hosts, Andre and Christian, explore success stories outside of the classroom. What is going on, Real Talk fam? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Real Talk University podcast. This is season two, episode eight. This is our seventh interview episode of the season. We're absolutely flying by. Um, season two felt like it just started yesterday and we're basically two weeks into it already and just super happy with the progress we've been making and the interviews we've conducted um, and really just excited to hear your guys's feedback what you guys have learned what you guys like what you guys don't like and continue to improve so that we can better serve you guys uh, and today we're really excited to bring you Mario Lanzarotti a really fun name to say, but he's the founder and head coach of The Power in You, and he essentially helps professionals and entrepreneurs to communicate their ideas with success, collaborate with purpose, and lead by example. Uh, with Mario's individual coaching, he helps leaders to design a vision and implement it so that they can live a life free with endless possibilities. And he's definitely living out his purpose on a daily basis. You'll hear a lot more about that. In the upcoming interview, but first, I'm going to give you Christianized three main takeaways from this interview. The first is when interning for someone, ask questions. It may seem like asking questions would make you look vulnerable or unintelligent, but the person you're interning for will, in fact, love the idea that you're interested enough to ask questions. Simply be more interested than interesting. It'll pay off in the long run like it did for Mario, and you'll hear exactly how that went down. Our second takeaway is that anyone interning for someone should set themselves apart from other interns um, by rather not just doing the bare minimum of work, but asking to sit in on meetings that you may not or, you know, originally be invited to um, just out of pure curiosity. Again, it goes back to the fact of being more interested than interesting um, and making strong connections with the professionals that you're interning for um, without the expectation of getting something back in return. And Mario's story was just so inspiring how he went from just being your typical intern to a partner of the firm that he worked for, like being the youngest partner, um, just because he executed on these few takeaways that we're mentioning here. And I know they sound super simple and cliche, but if you really do practice them and, and you know implement them into your belief system, it truly will impact your life and take you to the places you really want to go. So... And our third and last takeaway is change your outlook on fear. Many people run from fear and never confront it, but the most rewarding and beneficial experiences lie on the other side of fear. If you listen to the rest of this interview and listen to the advice that Mario gives about conquering fear, then you will have all the tools and all the information needed to live a free life with endless possibilities as Mario describes. So be sure to tune into the full interview. Um, it's a great one. Mario's just such a genuine person. Um, just really enjoyed spending time with him on this podcast. Uh, it's just very different than a lot of the interviews you'll hear out there. He might not have the biggest name. He might not have the biggest following or the most money or the most success. But he was so genuine, so authentic, and, and really inspiring. And I think you guys will feel the same way. So enjoy this interview, and as always, guys, be sure to let us know your thoughts, comments, concerns, feedback, whatever it may be via social media. We're accessible on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, 
Uh, you can also hit up on our website at realtalkuni.com. Um, any place where you're comfortable with reaching out to us, we're always receptive to hear your guys' feedbacks and thoughts. And without further ado, here is Mario. How's it going, Real Talk fam? I just wanted to jump in here real quick before we start this new episode of Real Talk University uh, with an offer that Christian and I have put together for you guys. Uh, basically, as a thank you for listening and tuning in to all of our episodes and supporting us along the way so far. So what we put together is the Podcast Blueprint ebook, which you'll have access to for free. Absolutely free. This is a downloadable PDF containing all the information, actionable steps, tips, resources, everything you need to launch your very own successful podcast in 30 days or less, exactly how Christian and I have done so. After reading our ebook, you'll be able to launch your own podcast today, book your dream guest for your interviews, and get ads and sponsors immediately. To claim your free copy today, visit the link at bit dot lee slash rtu ebook that's b-i-t dot that's a full stop l-y slash r-t-u ebook e-b-o-o-k get your free copy today before this offer expires so i believe you and i we connected at the next gen conference and uh, I don't think we got a chance to meet there, but I did see you on that app. Don't quote me on the name of the app. Um, and I saw that you are a podcast host of, um, of a podcast that focuses on students specifically. And I myself coming from a very challenging um, student background and um, have noticed that university wasn't providing me with the tools that I really needed to excel in, in life, not only in, in professional, my professional life, but also my personal life. And I thought that, hey, this knowledge is not readily available everywhere and students have to know about the tricks and tips to really excel in life. And then I saw you guys and I said, I want to speak to you and I want to share with your audience. Exactly right. So one of a big, like a big aspect of our podcast is self-education. So because you just give the audience some tips as to how you can self-educate if you have any experience with it, whether it be books, um, podcast courses or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, we could probably do a whole talk just on that, but just right at the top of my head, I would say as early as possible, get a mentor or a coach, someone that is in an area of your interest where you would like to further dive into, meaning find someone that has the success or a version of the success that you would like to have and then have him guide you through not the specific action steps, but more so about the way of approaching life from a mental and emotional perspective. So that I think is absolutely key to have someone like that in your life as early on. In terms of books, I always recommend going towards the kind of books that help you understand yourself so you create self-awareness because the tools and the tips and the strategies out there, they're, they're abundant. So you can just Google something and you'll find it and it's valuable. You even find it on Instagram. But really some of the books and tools to help you understand yourself. And I'd say one of, the, one of my favorite books is As a Man Thinketh. 
um, which talks about the power of the mind. Um, I would say Tony Robbins, uh, I think it's Unleash the Giant Within. It's a, it's a very powerful book. He talks about mindset and heart set and how your emotions pretty much control your life and how you can control your emotions. So those are the, one of the first things I'd say where you should get started. And also invest in seminars. Invest in weekend seminars where you can really go and help yourself overcome fears, overcome limitations. Now, if you, you guys are in New York, so there's one seminar that I highly recommend. It's called Landmark, which is all about um, pretty much freeing yourself from, from your own past, from whatever happened in your past. It doesn't have to be a trauma. And I highly recommend Tony Robbins. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. And other than that... I'd say develop a mindfulness practice such as meditation on a daily basis. That's some awesome advice. Those are a lot of great books too. And I definitely agree with what you said there with, you know, really focusing on areas of mindset and self-awareness because the other ones that provide actionable tips are obviously readily available on stuff like Instagram and social media nowadays. Um, And I just want to touch back quickly on, you mentioned the power of having a mentor and a lot of our guests also mentioned this, just how mentors have really helped them to kind of like leap forward in their career at a quicker pace than most people. So what would your advice be to people out there that are confused on how exactly to find a mentor that's right for them? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think it's important to understand why mentors are so valuable for for someone who's starting out. And that is because, I mean, I'm sure your listeners have heard this more than enough, but you are the, the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Um, but they might not have heard why that is the case. And the reason this is, this is so important is because human beings learn with something called mirror neurons. That is how, when we're very young and children, we're able to learn from our parents. So you guys might have experienced this. Whenever your parents tell you not to do something and then they do the actual thing, you don't listen to them, but you watch them and then you copy their behavior. And so... When you have someone around you, a mentor, a coach, someone, it doesn't matter, a teacher who you look up to, you will automatically start to mimic their behavior without even having to think about it. At some point, so if, if for instance, if your goal is to become super fit, super healthy and, and, and lean muscle, whatever, and you surround yourself with three or four people on a, on a daily basis that are overweight and obese and don't like sports, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get to your goal. But if, on the other hand, you start working out with some of the most uh, best athletes in your town or the fittest people, it'll become natural and normal for you. So, so that'll become your norm. So to start out there. Then, number two, I understand a lot of young people, they're like, holy shit, I don't know who to speak to, I don't know where to start, I don't know where to look, and also, why would anyone want to mentor me? Now, if if you're in that mindset, I hear you, and I understand you, I was there as well. What I will say, however, is you don't necessarily have to start by having a mentor actually work directly with you, but what you can do is to surround yourself, meaning to consume the kind of information that these people bring out. I'm talking about audio tapes, audiobooks, motivational tapes, books, seminars. Go where these people are. Pick it up and make sure you flood your brain with as much of that as you possibly can. That is number two. And number three, 
I'd say if you really have a few people in your life that you look up to, they don't have to be a billion dollar entrepreneur. You can literally start with someone that you admire just for their way of being. And maybe it's also someone you see and you, and you think to yourself, oh, that guy or that girl, man, they communicate like so well and they articulate themselves so, so creatively and so beautifully. I would love to do that. Go and ask them, compliment them. And make sure you come from a place of value. Like, and value can mean I curiously ask questions. Questions that no one maybe dares to ask. Because successful people, they get their asses kissed every single day. And so they don't need another ass kisser. They need someone who is raw, who is authentic. And who will tell them to their face the thing that they might not want to hear, but need to hear. Yeah, those were just three invaluable points. So I was just wondering, did you apply those things when you went to go from intern to partner in three months? Like, were you able to capitalize on those three points you just gave? Or was it something else that you were able to utilize, whether it be um, just being skillful with your job or meeting the right people? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And to answer that question, yes. So when I, while I was studying in, uh, I was studying fashion management in Germany, in Berlin, and during our first internship, I was working for a small luxury consulting company. And the owner happened to be one of the professors at our university. And he opened up to everyone and said, yeah, whoever wants to uh, come work with me as, uh, during uh, your internship, please do so. And so we joined the team. I think we were five or six that started working for him. And pretty much everyone around me did exactly what they were told. And that was it. And then they did, did do their other things, partying, whatever, sports. But I really liked the way he was living. He was well-spoken. He knew a lot of people. He was traveling all over the place. And I started asking questions like, so how did you do that? I want to learn from you. And I, asked, I just asked questions all the time. And, I, and I, was, I said to him, hey, can I join your business meetings? Even just sit there and just watch you. And he said, yeah, of course. And so he started appreciating that, that genuine interest that I brought to the table. And then because, because of that connection, he started trusting me more than others. So he gave me more responsibility. And me being a big talker, which has sometimes led to good things, sometimes to not so good things, brought me into the position where I... So we had a business meeting and the idea was to create a luxury exhibition in Berlin, in Berlin and then finish off with a gala night at the Russian embassy. It was a huge deal. And so we were talking about shuttle services at the time. And he was thinking about Porsche and like the Audi, like the, the, the usual stuff that you use in Germany at the time. And I heard of Uber. Uber at the time was completely new in Germany. And I said, hey, why don't we do something new, something innovative? And uh, he said, okay. I said, how about we ask Uber? And he said, okay, what's Uber? So I explained it to him. And at the time, Uber started out as a luxury service. So they only had BMW 7 Series, Mercedes S-Class, and so forth. And so he said, oh, that looks like a good fit. And I said, okay, cool. So you're going to do it? And he said, no, you're going to do it. It's your idea. So he threw me in there, and I had absolutely no clue what to do. But I said, hey, I have nothing to lose, so I'm just going to reach out to them. And I did reach out to them, and the end result was they agreed to invest 35,000 euros on, for, for that weekend and for the gala night. And then I um, became an uh, Uber brand ambassador in Berlin for like a year, six months or a year, and was able to drive around uh, for free and go to all their events and represent them. So that was just one of the things. I would say 
making sure that you are close to a founder, even as an intern, ask a lot of questions, be, show your genuine interest and provide value, meaning provide ideas, really, and don't be afraid of them being rejected. Yeah, those are all great points, and that's a, that's a really cool story. It just shows like what's possible, even from where you start out, whether it be you know having been hired right out of college or just being an intern that with really no expectations to start. And that leads into our next question: of there had to be some fear um, when you first started, just fear of you know the future. Or, how everything was going to play out or if people were going to, you know, make leaps ahead of you in the company. So how did you deal with fear and how did you make fear your friend and have it guide you to excellence? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. And um, the reason I would say is because before I studied in Germany at, um, in Berlin, I was becoming a pilot for Lufthansa, Europe's biggest and most prestigious airline. And the reason I wanted to become a pilot and that is why I always say self-awareness is so crucial. At the time, I didn't have a lot of self-awareness. The reason I wanted to become a pilot was because I watched the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. And in that movie, whoever has seen the movie knows, he plays a trickster. And he ends up being a pilot, like a fake pilot. And I just fell in love with that whole image, that lifestyle that he represented traveling around the world, all those beautiful ladies. And I was like, yep, that's it. I'm going to become a pilot. And I had absolutely no desire, interest, or anything related to, to aviation. I just wanted all that recognition. And Lufthansa is the most prestigious airline in, in Europe. And getting into that airline, the, the failure quote is at 92%. So all the people that apply, 92% of them fail. And you can never reapply again for life. So I threw myself at that. And I worked and learned and studied like crazy. And I was admitted. I did it. I started the training and during the training, I became heavily depressed. I had a slip disc, which caused me to be in pain 24 seven for one and a half years. And that depression spiraled down to almost me committing suicide. So I really hit rock bottom right then and there. And turned out that I, that I didn't take my own life. Otherwise we wouldn't be here anymore, but it turned out to be the greatest learning experience of my life. That was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was still there and I had faced my biggest fear. What would happen if I give up? What if I quit? And I think that was the point for me where I started to, to realize that I had been living my life based on the perception and expectation of other people. So because of that, I was like, what do I have to lose? I learned so much about myself here and I know that it is way more important for me to ask and be rejected and then to not ask and hate myself for it. So I think the distinction of pain and pleasure is very important, meaning human beings are driven by two forces more than anything else. The need for pleasure and the need for survival, meaning to avoid pain. So if you can associate more pain with not taking action, with the thing that you're procrastinating on, with the fear that you're avoiding, and more pleasure with taking action, then you will automatically take action. And when it comes to fear, most people look at fear as something terrible, horrific, that I want to overcome my fear, I want to be fearless. Now, you can never be fearless because fear is an emotion, it's a natural emotion, it's part of the human, human experience. But instead, what I did, I reframed fear. I used it as a way to 
open up a new door of learning and growing because every time I had face to fear in my life, something amazing happened down the line. It might have been painful temporarily, but on the other side, once I quit the, the, the career at Lufthansa, yeah, it was fucking painful and was miserable for some time, but I came out with my life's purpose. And so I kept on doing that on, on a personal basis, professional basis. So really, I think it's about reframing your relationship with fear and understanding that behind fear, there's a lesson to be learned. There's a growing lesson for you. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you just dropped a bomb for anybody that's going to listen to this. Like, it just what you said about fear is just exactly right. Because honestly, like what you said is a little drastic. Um, a lot of people aren't going to experience what you experience, but like getting through fear and coming out as a better person on the other side is really what makes a lot of people. I'm sure you could talk to just about any successful business person and they'll tell you that their biggest success came out of um, conquering fear. But I just want to go back to actually your interning experience for a second because I feel like internships are huge for any college student. So you would say that like the biggest thing to getting your foot in the door with a leader is just to ask a lot of questions and just be open to learning because I feel like a lot of people don't really want to do that because they feel like they'll be coming off as dumb or um, annoying. Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I get that. And that, that was exactly the kind of conversation I used to have with my with my fellow students at the time because they were like, yeah, I can't say that. I can't say that. That's, that's, that's too dumb. I'd be... And I think that the only time you're actually really dumb is if you have an idea and you do not express it. Because when you do that, first of all, what you're really saying is, I don't trust myself. And when you don't trust yourself, you are lowering your confidence. Because confidence literally means, comes from the Latin word uh, confidere, which means having full trust. So every time you have an urge to express something, an idea, a question, whatever it is, and you don't do it, you are willingly lowering your confidence. So asking a question is something extremely powerful because we ask ourselves questions all the time. That's how the brain evaluates information. You ask yourself, oh, what if I, what if I look stupid? What if, I, what if he says that idea is dumb? Instead, you could be asking yourself, what can I learn here? What if that idea will actually contribute value? What if what what is something I can be grateful for? How can I use this to to come closer to my goal, provided that you have a goal? So questions not only externally but also internally are extremely powerful to determine your focus. And yes, there's this fear of coming across dumb. But if you really express it genuinely and authentically, and the end result will be you'll be rejected or punished for it, then you know that's not the place where you should be. Do you, and the question I have for the listener, do you want to be at a place that wants a version of you that, that's not really you? Or do you want a place that accepts you for who you are in all of your totality? So questions are highly, highly important. And on top of that, and that's what I've experienced personally with interns working for me, what they were lacking is do your research and your homework, meaning... It has never been easier nowadays to research people or companies. You can look at their social media. You can look at what they're representing, their value, their mission, all of that. You can read up on them. You can read up on the founder. Look what is important to them. And then move your focus away from you. Oh, what, how will I look if I say this towards them and say, what would be really valuable to, to this guy or this girl? 
And so I think those are two key distinctions that I think if anyone picks them up, you'll already be a way ahead of your competition. Yeah, that that's some great advice right there. It's just reflecting inwards rather than outwards, like you said, and just to be at peace with yourself. Because one of the things that really just destroys people's lives and careers is regret and to have to live with that just from, you know, hearing stories of people that have gone through it and just regret certain moments of their life. It's just, there's really no downside to just being who you are and expressing your true self. So I love what you said there. And I just kind of want to go back to a small detail you mentioned about gratitude. Uh, That's something that I practice. I kind of engraved it into my morning and night routine. So I just want to ask if you, if you yourself use it um, in a routine, whether it be a morning routine or a night routine or whatever it may be. I am so happy that you asked this question. I'd say that gratitude is the foundation of my life. You see, when I was approaching my career at Lufthansa, my life was just about me. What can I get? How much money can I make? How cool will I be perceived once I have this title? Me, 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 me. And the more I focused on, on what, is, what is in it for me, the smaller I became. And after I got out of that and I learned about the power of gratitude, I learned how gratitude can actually reprogram your subconscious mind and how it boosts your immune system. I started practicing gratitude on a daily basis because you can't be, I mean, anyone can try this right now, right? If you're listening, try this right now. Try be grateful and pissed off at the same time. I think your face will have some sort of spasm. I don't think it's going to work. But <laughs> gratitude is, is an emotion that floods your entire immune system. And this is not like a gay pussy thing to say, because I know some, some guys may think, oh, what do you mean? I'm tough, man. Like, no. Gratitude is a fucking superpower. What gratitude does for your life, first of all, if you want to attract more, now, if you believe in this, if, the law of attraction or if you don't, if you just go with hearts, hardcore science, both things lead to the same equation. Because the more grateful you are for what you have, the more you come from a place of I am enough. So that means you're no longer looking outside of you to fill that hole with unhealthy habits like, I don't know, smoking, drinking, uh, drugs, uh, or uh, any kind of addictive behavior, really, because you know that you have so much in your life to be grateful for. That fills you up. That literally changes your brain chemistry, and that makes you supercharged. It is, I mean, I, so I have a specific morning and evening routine that I follow, and anyone listen to this, um, you, can, you can contact me. I'll send you this audio program. I'll give it to, for you to, for free. So there's, there's a lot of gratitude in there. And I do this every day. And I can tell you, changing your emotional state with gratitude is possible in a nanosecond like this. And it's so powerful. Could you just kind of explain that more? Like what you can do in a nanosecond to change your mindset and feel, the, feel gratitude like you were just saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look... Anyone listening right now, think of a moment where you really wanted to do something, right? Maybe you wanted to work on your, on your business idea, right? You wanted to read that book and you're all excited. And then you open up the book and 5.2 seconds later, you're on Instagram. And you're like scrolling, scrolling. You don't even read the caption. You're just scrolling. And you're like two hours later, oh shit. And then, oh, it's time for Netflix now. And then you haven't done anything. 
And that is because you were in a disempowered state. And that state could be anything from angry, frustrated, fearful, um, bored, whatever that is. And that state is determined by your focus. Focus determines emotion. If you focus on, do it right now, right? Think of, think of something that excites you, like where you go like, holy shit. Or think of the time when you normally wake up in the morning and, and you have to go to school or to the university and you're like, oh shit, ugh. And now think of a time when you know that you're going to have to go to the airport because you're flying to the Caribbean or any other beautiful place. You'll be out of bed an hour before your alarm starts ringing. Why? Because your focus is on, oh man, I'm going on this amazing holiday vacation. So when you are able to control your emotional state, you also take control of your actions. How, when you feel better, you're going to do better, take better action. So if you focus on, there's a, there's a concept that I use that I call power questions. Right? If you're in a, in a disempowered state and you find yourself not being able to move forward, do this. Ask yourself, what are five things I can be grateful right now? And I know some people are going to say, oh, well, nothing. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have two legs? Yeah. Do you have two arms? Yeah. Can you see? Okay. Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have fresh clothes on your body? Do you have something to eat on your plate? I already gave you a lot of things that millions of people don't have and might never have. If you're not grateful for that, then I suggest you check in with a therapist. That yeah, that's I mean that that's awesome. I was sitting here reflecting like in place of a listener because just yesterday when I went to read a book, I just found myself in that um abyss that you mentioned where you just go to Netflix and all that kind of stuff. So that's super helpful for myself personally. So thank you for that. Um I also just want to ask you um, what are just some other exercises that you do to train yourself to control your own emotions outside of gratitude? Mm-hmm. So I am someone that many people regard as extreme because my goal is absolute mastery, meaning mastery over my mind, my body, my emotions, and allowing myself to be the best and most powerful self I can be. That goes down to nutrition. So I follow a whole food plant-based diet with very little processed foods, very little artificial sugar, mostly water and tea. I make sure that my body is mineralized because most of the foods nowadays are demineralized because our soil is depleted. I meditate every single day, usually twice, once in the morning for 22 minutes. It's called transcendental meditation. Anyone can go to, uh, to these courses. For students, they have a very good deal. I know that because I, I learned when I was a student. I do breathing exercises. I work out six times a week. And I have lots of other mental practices, meaning so something when I wake up in the morning, I use specific questions for the day. One of them could be, what is something that I'm excited about in my life? And then I ask myself, how does that make me feel? Or I ask myself, who is someone I could be, could be giving value to today? And I ask myself, how does that make me feel? So I always make sure that I ask a question that forces me to have an empowered state or ask myself, what am I proud about myself today? What am I grateful about in my life today? And that becomes a habit. 
Now, every time you find yourself reacting to something outside of you, maybe your friends, uh, your girlfriend said, uh, oh, you smell like shit. And then you're like, oh my God, do I smell like shit? And then your day goes, goes down the drain, right? Instead, you have now the ability to pull yourself back into action, back into your state very quickly. So for me, you don't have to, of course, do what I do. That's, uh, some people uh, don't enjoy doing all of that. I've trained myself to, to get to that level before I was not doing any of that. And I just put in my body what I thought I, I felt like. So nutrition is one very powerful aspect. But I'd say if I could give one tool, I would say meditation, really. You don't have to do the transcendental meditation, but there are so many medita are, are types of meditation and really allowing your mind to find some stillness, to reset. <clears throat> right, those are all extremely valuable because I think that people don't really utilize nutrition when they're trying to <clears throat> achieve overall well-being because they don't really realize the impact that food can have on you and then like meditation people take it for granted they don't really appreciate what it can actually do and they just overlook it but i just want to ask like in today's age of instant gratification and constant need for stimulation how can people like enjoy the little things like if it's monday how can someone look forward to something they're doing that day rather than just keeping their eyes on friday and just waiting for it to be friday night so they can go have fun with their friends yeah that's a that's a that's a awesome question. I'm I'm very uh, very happy and uh, and also humbled by you at your young age asking these questions. That shows a lot about your your own personal journey. Well done on that. I would say if you feel that Monday is a drag and Fridays is a savior, then really ask yourself what am I doing with my life? Because the one thing that will make you want to wake up every day doesn't matter what day it is with joy and fire under your ass is having a mission in life, having a purpose. And now I know a lot of them like, great, yeah, how do I find my purpose? You do not. You do not find your purpose. The very, the very way of phrasing this implies that you have to look for it outside of yourself. Like, oh, if I, have, if I don't have it, I have to look for it. But instead, you already have it. And it is where you choose it to be. You create it. Now, for me, my purpose is to, to increase the, 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 the vibration of, vibrational frequency of humanity, right? to contribute to the overall good of humanity, to empower people, to make it simple. But maybe five years from now, my purpose is to have um, a, a, a weed plantation in South Africa and smoke weed all day because that's what I choose it to be. I don't think it will be, but maybe, right? So your purpose is not something that you're stuck with. I'd say that. Now, appreciating the small things definitely happens with gratitude. And another thing that I learned later, and I didn't do a lot in my younger years, is to be in nature. Now, nature is incredible, really. The, the power that you get from being in nature hiking through the woods, climbing on top of some mountains without your cell phone, and just also tuning in, you know, listening. Just sitting down, being still, and listening to the birds and the water and embracing yourself in the cold water and just coming back to the roots of what makes us human. That is a recipe for, for really reconnecting with yourself. Because I know that a lot of, especially young people nowadays, they struggle 
They feel like there's, there's no point here in this life. There's all dangers out there. And now that I say that, another very important thing came to my mind. In the morning, when you wake up, the first 30 to 60 minutes, have a morning routine where you feed your mind like you would treat your most beautiful garden. Because when you wake up, your subconscious mind is most receptive to new information. And as well, in the evening, before you go to sleep, take 30, 60 minutes. No Netflix, no social media, read something. Heck, do whatever, like something that you enjoy, but make sure it's not connected to any sort of form of media. Because what happens when you open up your cell phone first thing in the morning? Now, I know a lot of people are aware of that it's not healthy and all that. But the message, the language there is more important. Because you're saying subconsciously, the opinion and the matters of people outside of me are more important than what I think. Because the cell phone and all these inputs is like Russian roulette. What if you see a terrible email from a customer who's pissed off? What if you... What if a friend texts you like a really angry message or your parents say uh, you've done something, uh, something bad, you're going to get in trouble? Anything. That messes with your subconscious mind. That makes you think like the world is a horrible place. There's nothing I can do. So take charge of the information you put in there. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important that you emphasize the phone thing because that's something that I found myself doing. And when I stop doing that, like you said, it's almost like playing Russian roulette because you really never know what to expect uh, when you do open the phone. Uh, so we're going to go into our lightning round, uh, which is our last four questions, um, which are usually pretty fun. And it's just funny, me and Christian are sitting here just talking about how similar you remind us to uh, Peter Sage. He was one of our earlier interviews. Um, super, super successful businessman and really powerful speaker. So if you don't know who he is, definitely check him out because, I mean, you were on the same wavelength with a very powerful message for our audience. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, so the first question on our lightning round is, do you have any questions for us before we move forward? Do I have any questions for you guys? Yeah, what's, what's your mission with in, in life? What is it that you want to do? Yeah, well, with the podcast, our mission is basically to inspire and make aware uh, the opportunities outside of the classroom for students like Christian and I. Uh, that's kind of why we do these interviews is basically to share people's stories like yourself to maybe inspire people that are going through struggles or might be considering suicide or don't really find or know their place in the world. Just basically showing them that there's more outside of just the textbooks and the lectures and, and everything else, all the, you know, distractions that come with college. Uh, so that's what we're doing with the podcast. And outside of that, um, really just learning from people like you has just helped Christian and I, I think, to find what we're really passionate about um, personally. So the podcast has definitely been like a really big benefit for us to have started. I love that. And if you could change one thing in the world, what would that be? One thing in the world? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, definitely that the impact that technology has on us as people because we rely on it so much to be stimulated, to find happiness, um, to seek a, like others' opinions on social media. So I just wish, like... I do appreciate the benefits of it a ton. Like it's really made life for anybody really easy that has access to, te to technology. But I think that some of the drawbacks are kind of evident. Like 
even me, I'm not able to always just put down my phone and go work hard for an hour and not check my phone. So that's definitely what I would say. And then if you just want to get right into the last three questions we have for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, the last three questions are kind of tough to answer. So if you can't answer right away, it's okay, but just try to give your best answer. So if you could have dinner with three people, anybody ever dead or alive, who would they be and why? Ooh, wow. That is a great question. Okay. Number one, I would pick Tony Robbins because he is my, outside my family, he is my greatest inspiration in life. And I would say he was even part of the reason why I did not commit suicide. He was the one who, who really introduced me to the world of empowerment. And I'd say right next to him, I would put Les Brown because he's the second person that inspired me to, to look beyond what I think was my life at the time. And he really helped me understand that I'm good the way I am. I'm already whole and complete. And I think number three, number three, hmm, it's a good, it's a tough question. I like it. Let me think for a moment. Number three. Hmm, I think it would be like an... I'd like to speak with Oprah Winfrey. She's a, she's a very powerful woman. She's an incredible story. What a comeback story. And I'd like to dive into her mission for life, into what she's empowering others to, to believe in. Really cool. I love those answers. I think Tony Robbins, personally, for me, would also be on my list just because of, like you said, the impact he's been able to have. And I really think he like facilitated this whole way of thinking like all like les brown uh, gary vanderchuk dean graziosi all these other guys uh really just stem off of what he's taught in the past which is really cool same with jim Rohn and, and guys like that uh the the next question is if you were in college right now uh christian and i's situation 19 years old what side hustle would you start and how would you go about starting it coming in what what would i start uh what like what kind of side hustle would you start if you were us and how would you go about starting it? So that's a great question. I think it would be what I'm doing now, which is all about mental empowerment, mental health, mental empowerment, body, mind, spirit alignment. Because I think the future is going in that direction that unfortunately there's more and more people that need help that are relying a lot, like you said, on technology to find their meaning in life. And I think there's a, there's a split. There's a, there's a split between a lot of people going into a direction of self-empowerment, of looking for a deeper meaning of, li of life. And there's a lot of other people that are going further down. So I think I would go in there very early and learn how to listen how to really listen and how to remove myself out of the equation. I would learn very early on how to communicate powerfully because I think communication is the one thing that will never go out of fashion. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, what position you want. Whoever is able to communicate powerfully will become a leader. And lastly, I would say I would 
use all these skills to become more self-aware of what is going on in my body and my mind and learning to accept those messages. That's awesome. All right. So for the last one, I think this might be the, like the most important one because it's just a mindset question and um, something that people our age don't really have right now because you're obviously older. So what's one thing you knew today that you wish you knew when you were 19? God, that's a good question. And I, the first reaction I have is, is responsibility. That's the one thing that I am 100,000 million billion percent responsible for everything in my life and i say responsible and i don't say fault because i can i can feel how some people listening to this might be like oh wait wait that's not my fault it's not my my fault that i grew up in this family it's not my fault that this happened to me that that happened to me yes you're right but it's your damn responsibility i would push responsibility away from me for so long in my life responsibility for how i feel for how i think for how I act, I can't do that because, um, because I'm this, I can't do this because I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't know how to do it, it's too difficult, well, this happened to me, that's why I'm feeling this way. All of that is adapting a victim mentality. And when we adapt a victim mentality, we become powerless and we deny ourselves our own power. And whenever you take responsibility in the very word, and this, is, this blew my mind when I heard it the first time. The very word responsibility means the ability to respond. What do we do most of the time? We react. We react. We become emotional. Something pisses us off. So we go into default reaction mode and then we lose it all. But instead, when we take responsibility, we look at it and then we have the, the, the opportunity to really make a change. And that's not to blame. Because blaming goes in the same equation and self-blaming doesn't do anything it only serves one purpose and that is to keep us playing small because if we can blame ourselves we avoid the responsibility of growing beyond who we are wow <laughs> that's a perfect way to cap that off um <laughs> we just wanted to say thank you mario that was a really enjoyable interview for christian and uh, you really just blew us away with everything you know and the power of information that you're able to deliver uh, and really liked how you engaged our audience in the conversation so thank you so much uh, let us know if there's anything that we could do for you uh, if there's any way us or our audience could you know continue to serve you and learn from you but other than that we just wanted to say thank you well christian andre it's been a like one of my mentors les brown always says a plum pleasing pleasure i stole that one from him I really enjoyed the conversation with you guys and I think you are very far ahead of the game and I love what you're doing. I, I, I think you're at the right place at the right time. Hey guys, show some love for the Real Talk University podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on the Apple Podcast app. See you all next week.